Good morning. Welcome to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network at 7 a.m. on this Wednesday morning, November 29th. I'm Adam Wright. Very happy to be with you as always. Let's begin our morning together in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is a beautiful morning. It is a great day. We're coming down to the end of the month here. Tomorrow is it, and then Friday is First Friday. So let's not forget that we have to get ready for our First Friday devotions and our First Saturday devotions this week. Beautiful devotions. Great way to lead us into Advent. Let's set the tone for all of Advent by uh, making those acts of reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart. You know, one of my favorite carols that we'll sing about a month from now is Joy to the World. And every year I say this. I love that we sing Let Every Heart Prepare Him Room. Well, in many ways... That's what we're doing. We're preparing room in our hearts by making these acts of love for the sacred heart of our Lord on First Friday. It's a great way to prepare him room because it says, okay, all these other things I could worry about on Friday, none of them are going to be uh, of any priority until Jesus' heart is the first priority in mine. You know, it's a lot easier. I keep telling the kids, like, Dad, I got too much stuff in my room. And I'm like, all right. Well, I want to get some more things. I'm like, no, 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 no. It, it, it's going to be uh, easier to get rid of some things so you have room for more, right? And he said, well, I wish I never would have gotten this in the first place. I'm like, well, there you go. There you have it, right? Uh, if, if we didn't crowd our hearts with unnecessary things, just like my kids sometimes crowd their rooms. My, I'm guilty, too, of that. Uh, we didn't crowd our lives with unnecessary things. It would be a lot easier to just have room in our heart for Jesus. But uh, if we have to make some room, we're going to make some room. We're going to do it this Friday, First Friday Devotion, Saturday, First Saturday Devotions. You know them. We talk about them all the time. But again, go to Mass, receive our Lord in Holy Communion, Friday, pray in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart, spend some time in adoration. It's a great way to do that. Uh, On First Saturday, go to confession, go to Mass, receive Holy Communion, pray the Rosary, meditate for 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the Rosary. And what a wonderful way to get ready. Speaking of which, today we are going to continue getting ready for Advent. We've got Father Wade with us to talk about the season of Advent. We are also going to hear a homily on the four last things. And yesterday we we were reflecting upon how Advent is a time to prepare by meditating on the four last things. So let's meditate on the four last things as we get ready for the season of Advent in these final days of ordinary time, these final days of November. Before we do anything else, though, let's go to uh, Mike Roberts for our weather and our saint of the day. Today is the feast day of St. Saturninus. Born in Greece around the beginning of the 3rd century, Saturninus grew up to be a priest and a missionary. In 245, Pope Fabian sent him to Gaul to help St. Trophimus develop the church in the region, and in just five years, they had enough followers to establish a diocese in Toulouse, where Saturninus was the first bishop. To get to their new church, the converts had to pass before several altars dedicated to pagan gods. As the numbers of Christians increased, Pagan priests grew increasingly hostile to those 
passing by their pagan altars without paying anything, saying that the oracles had been silenced by the presence of the new Christians. In 257, the pagan priest had Saturninus arrested and tried to get him to deny his faith by worshiping their gods, but he repeatedly refused, saying, I adore one God only, and to him I am ready to offer a sacrifice of praise. Your gods are devils and are more delighted in the sacrifice of your souls than those of your bulls. How can I fear them who, as you acknowledge, tremble before one single Christian? Seeing they could not force Saturninus to recant, they tied him to a wild bull, which dragged him through the town until the rope broke, by which time he had long been dead. Two Christian women buried his remains in a deep ditch over which a small chapel was built in the 4th century, and then in the 14th century, a larger church was built and named Our Lady of the Bull. St. Saturninus, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Prayer for Vocations God, our Father, who wills that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of your truth, we beg you to send laborers into your harvest and grant them grace to speak your word with all boldness so that your word may spread and be glorified and all nations may know you, the only God, and him whom you have sent, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of the Americas, and Mary, Mother of the Franciscan Missionaries of the Eternal Word, pray for us. Once again, we're happy to be on a call with Father Wade Menezes. Father Wade, it is good to have you with us today. Thanks, Adam. It's great to be back with you again, this time to talk about a beautiful, beautiful liturgical season. And not only that, but the beginning of the new liturgical year. Uh, where, where would you like to begin with this wonderful season? Well, I'd like to begin by saying the church's liturgical documents use the word violet. And, uh, you know, we think of the flower, we think of violet, uh, something somber, something sober, something awakening, something beautiful, something silent. And uh, really, these are themes of Advent, focusing on the two comings of Christ. Uh, his first coming as a, as a babe in, in a manger in Bethlehem, which is actually the latter part of Advent, and then his uh, second coming as the just judge, uh, merciful and just judge, I might add, uh, which is actually the first part of Advent. So Advent focuses on the two comings of Christ, but in a reversed order. We focus on his second coming first and his first coming last or secondarily, again, at the end part of Advent, the latter part of the beautiful liturgical season. And it actually all begins this liturgical shift where we begin to focus on the first coming of Christ, again, the first part of Advent. It actually begins, uh, Adam, around the latter part of the 32nd week of ordinary time, where we started getting uh, uh, liturgical readings at the Daily Mass from the Book of Revelation, uh, from the Daily Gospels during the latter part of the 32nd 
week of ordinary time and all throughout the 33rd and 34th week of ordinary time, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, focusing on Christ's second coming, where Christ himself tells us no one knows the day nor the hour, but uh, there will be these signs, huh? and many will come in my name, etc., etc. So it's like Holy Mother Church in her last uh, two and a half weeks of the regular liturgical year, of course, which, which really culminates on the 34th Sunday or last Sunday of ordinary time, uh, the great solemnity of Christ, the King of the universe, uh, is all what catapults us now into this beautiful liturgical season focusing on his two comings. And as St. Augustine teaches very beautifully, let us not forget Christ's first coming precisely so that we do not regret his second coming. And in talking about those two comings of Christ during Advent per se, it's important to remember that, that many of the church fathers writing in the first seven to eight centuries of the church talk about an intermediate coming between these two comings of Christ, and that's when Christ comes to you personally at your own particular judgment. All right. And that's important to remember, too, for that generation of individuals who will not be living at the time of the second coming when it takes place. There is an intermediate coming. But in regards to Advent per se, the intermediate coming is more the particular judgment which lies between the first coming of Christ and his second coming. So it's just a, a beautiful, beautiful liturgical season. And I might add this, too, talking about the, the beginning of Advent. Uh, it's interesting, very interesting, the Holy Mother Church places a lot of martyrs in these last two weeks of ordinary time leading up to Advent. And then even after Advent, right after Christmas is celebrated on December 25th, we have, you know, the Holy Innocents, for example, uh, and, and the Massacre of the Innocents. We have these other martyrs that come right after the celebration of Christmas within the Christmas octave, which is supposed to be a celebratory time, right? Well, why all these martyrs then? Because the martyrs show us the epitome of what it means to uh, live for Christ and thus die for Christ, right? No greater love is there than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends, right? Something that Christ himself did for us. And the martyrs show this, beginning with, the again, the latter part of the 32nd week of ordinary time, leading us right into Advent. And then even the martyrs we have uh, right after the celebration of Christmas, during uh, the octave uh, celebration itself. I'm glad we're talking about this in this context, Father, because one of the things that, and, and again, I, I say this often on the show, I remember when this happened for me and when it clicked for the first time that we, we talk about Advent as a season of preparing, a season of getting ready. You know, We yeah. have to get ready for Christmas. We have to get ready for the coming of Christ. Well, in one sense, the incarnation is a historical event that happened some 2,000 years ago, and the next time we will see our Lord, uh, if we're alive for the second coming, it, it's not going to be a repeat of the event that happened 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem in a manger. And once that clicked for me, and, and now my kids, again, they're at that age too. They're like, well, Dad, aren't we getting ready for the coming of Jesus? Well, yes, but not in the way that Mary and Joseph did 2,000 years ago. So what are some of the things we need to keep in mind then as we journey through this season yeah. As we prepare, um, as we, we pray in the Mass for the second coming of our Lord? Yeah, which is a very prominent theme throughout the Mass, as we wait in joyful hope for the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Words that are said by the celebrant at every Mass we attend, right after the Our Father, but the reception of Holy Communion. What are the themes during that part of the Mass, right after the Our Father, but before receiving Holy Communion? Uh, protect us from all distress. Uh, the former translation of the Roman Missal used the word anxiety. Protect us from all anxiety. All right? As we wait in what? Joyful hope. 
for the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. And then Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, I leave you peace, my peace I give you. In other words, he doesn't want us to fall to pieces. He wants to give us his peace. So uh, protect us from all distress or anxiety as we wait in joyful hope, okay? So no distress, no anxiety, joyful hope, and peace. My gosh, these are three major themes that Holy Mother Church, the Bride of Christ, places before us right before we're about to receive the source and summit of the entire Christian life, right? The, the Most Holy Eucharist. These themes should guide us in what we're looking at at Advent, because the second coming of Christ should not scare us, and his first coming should not scare us, right? So Advent comes from the Latin word meaning coming, okay? To come, Advenere. All right. In general, the word Advent regards the coming or arrival of a notable person, uh, a thing or an event, right? Well, Jesus is coming, right? And Advent is intended to be a season of preparation for his arrival. So while we typically regard Advent as a joyous season, it is also intended to be a period, Adam, of, of preparation, uh, really much like Lent in regards to the preparation that's involved with it, okay? Whereas Lent is more penitential uh, with penance and fasting and so forth. Uh, while we can have those during Advent, Advent is more about quiet reflectiveness, um, a sober awakening as we await these two comings of Christ. So it's interesting that many religious orders in the church consider, especially the monastic orders like the Carmelites and the Benedictines and the Cistercians, they call Advent the Little Lent. How awesome is that, okay? And so they might take on more penitential practices during Advent, but for uh, the, the mind of the church in general, okay, while it can surely be penitential in nature, it's more about quiet, reflective, sober awakening. So while Advent is not strict as Lent, we say, and there are no liturgical guidelines for fasting during Advent in the church's official teaching, uh, it is meant to be a period of self-preparation and self-examination. For example, the violet color associated with Advent is also the color for penance, right? That is used liturgically during Lent. That's important. They use the same colors. Uh, the faithful can fast uh, somewhat during the first two weeks in particular and, and receive the Sacrament of Reconciliation in preparation for the celebration of Christmas, surely. And then uh, the color of the third Sunday of Advent, Gaudete Sunday, Rejoice Sunday, is rose, right? Gaudete means rejoice in Latin. This color symbolizes joy and represents the happiness we will experience when Jesus comes again. This third Sunday of Advent, then, is a day of anticipatory uh, celebration. And think of, of Lent's uh, Laetare Sunday uh, in the latter part of Lent, also Rejoice Sunday. So again, the two seasons kind of share that union as well. Finally, Sundays during Advent, just as during Lent, should not be given to fasting, but instead to celebration, because we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ every Sunday. Every Sunday is a little Easter, we would say, just like we can call Advent the little Lent. Uh, every Sunday is a little Easter. Uh, it is important to remember, however, that there are no particular liturgical rules uh, for how the laity should observe Advent, as again, it is not as liturgically strict as Lent. So I like to teach, as the church does, a, a sober, awakening, quiet, reflective, devout, but joyful, anticipatory, expective liturgical season focusing on the two comings of Christ. I think of the many great Advent offerings we have locally in, uh, in my area. We have many parishes where the women of the parish gather for what they call Advent by candlelight. It's really just an evening of reflection. They have a priest or another speaker Beautiful. come and lead them. And, and the whole room is dark, and it's illuminated only by the candles on the table, and it's, it's very peaceful and reflective. Now, for the men, uh, we tailgate. 
we have our fire pits instead of our candles, and we're out in the church parking lot. <laughs> but again, we have we have the priest or, or the pastor or another person come and give a reflection, and we have that time in the quiet outdoors and the cold, and it, it really is wonderful. And Father, you you've gone uh, to say many times it's not as strict as Lent, but if we are striving for peace during this season and in quiet and reflection and a, a somberness and a solitude, I think of all of the to-do lists that creep up in all of our lives. I have to get my shopping done. I have to get ready for this party. I've been invited yeah. to this gathering. And, and, you know, to paraphrase Andy Williams, as I do terribly every year, instead of the most wonderful time of the year, it's what's well, the most craziest time of the year in terms of schedule. And I think we would be, be doing very uh, – we would do well to heed your words and make Advent what it's supposed to be, a time of reflection and a time of quietness. Well, one thing I like to tell my listeners is uh, there's one thing that Lent does share with Advent and that Advent shares with Lent. Discipline. Discipline, right? For the spiritual life to live truly and sincerely the themes of the particular liturgical season in question. Uh, and that's very important. Father Wade Menezes, thank you so much for being with us. It would not be an interview with Father Wade if we did not close in prayer and invoke the foster father of Jesus. Amen. Uh, I just want to thank you for this opportunity. I, I love Advent. It's, it's, it's my favorite season of the, of the year apart from Easter. Uh, I just love Advent. I think, I think Holy Mother Church sets up the tone for the whole year for us to be the, the best version of self that we can become, each one in his or her own vocation and state in life. So that's that's the primary message I want your listeners to take, Adam, today from this interview. And just thank you for the opportunity. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of our Covenant Network listeners and remain with each and every one of you this day and always. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray for us. Prayer for God's blessing of one's daily work. O Lord, my God, creator and ruler of the universe, it is your will that human beings accept the duty of work. May the work I do bring growth in this life to me and to those I love and help to extend the kingdom of Christ. Give all persons work that draws them to you and to each other in cheerful service. I unite all my work with the sacrifice of Jesus in the Holy Mass, that it may be pleasing to you and give you glory. I beg your blessing upon all my efforts with St. Joseph as my example and guide, help me to do the work you have asked and come to the reward you have prepared. Amen. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Adam Wright for Covenant Network. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And while you're at it, share it with your friends. And now back to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. We are midway through our week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, talking about having gratitude beyond thanksgiving. On Monday, we focused on what if the things we enjoy today were gone tomorrow if we didn't thank God for them today. Yesterday, Patty, you led us to the greatest act of thanksgiving, the holy sacrifice of the Mass, and being thankful to our Lord and expressing that during our holy hours. What is our lesson today? Well, today, as we continue our theme of gratitude beyond the holiday of Thanksgiving, I first want to say that I know today on a Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, is a very busy day for many women who are cooking and cleaning to get ready for their families. It is a lot of work to host a Thanksgiving dinner. So if you are one of those women today, as you make that stuffing, peel those potatoes, set that table, here's something that you can do all day long. 
pray a gratitude rosary on your fingers. And if you are traveling today, you can do this as well, no matter if you are in an airport or in a car. If you're traveling with little children, you can pray one decade with them, but let them choose the 10 things or people for which they would like to give thanks. I've talked about the gratitude rosary a lot. It's for all of us at any time to help foster the virtue of gratitude. And on this eve of Thanksgiving, maybe pray it in Thanksgiving for all the people who are going to be working tomorrow nurses, doctors, police, firefighters, or in thanksgiving for the blessings of our country. Let your heart soar and pray it any way you like. The main thing is to give God thanks with every bead and spend that time in gratitude. So again, we're just talking about little habits, but that gratitude rosary, especially during this week of Thanksgiving, would be very, very appropriate. Another great encouragement for us on this busy day. Patty, thank you for today's Daily Dose of Encouragement. So just now I'm looking at the calendar and I'm looking at the Daily Dose of Encouragement. And you're probably saying, Adam, Thanksgiving was last week. And you know what? It, It was. And that's okay because the whole theme of the Daily Dose is still applicable whether We played it last week or this week. So let's just live out that point today. Speaking of this week, again, I want to say it. First Friday, first Saturday devotions. uh, Have that plan, especially to get to Mass. I know for those of you who work, myself included, it's hard sometimes to figure out how we're going to get to Mass. And, you know, whether it's because I've got activities with the kids and Luckily, we've kind of hit a little lull in their activities for a few weeks here, and then with the new year, it will ramp up. Um, It's sometimes difficult, and especially as they get up early for school, going to an evening mass, while that sounds really appealing to me, it's not necessarily the easiest thing for parents with little children. So maybe there's a midday mass you can get to on Friday near your place of work. Maybe there is a later morning mass after you drop the kids off at school. I know that was always a challenge sometimes uh, before doing the radio show from 7 to 8 a.m. How do I get the kids to school when they need to be at school at 735, 740, whatever it has been throughout the years? It's changed a few times. Uh, How do we do that and then get over to mass, Uh, especially depending on the mass time? Our our parish had 7 a.m. mass, which didn't work for me because I wouldn't get the kids to school in time. Uh, So I'd have to go to Mass somewhere else at 8 o'clock, and that's okay. So plan it out, especially uh, if this is new. You know, we're called to make these First Friday devotions. I I love this. On the nine consecutive First Fridays of the month. And whether this is going to be the first time you do it or the eighth time you do it, the ninth time, you know, we're called to do this. So let's have that plan. And if it's new to us, we might have to really think that through and say, all right, how am I going to do this? Because I haven't done this yet. First Saturday, it's a little easier. You know, many of our parishes have confession on Saturday afternoon, so it's easy to get to confession. It's easy to uh, have that plan, but maybe you'd like to go in the morning. Well, again, maybe that means planning it out to go on Friday, whatever that may be. But it's Wednesday. Start working on it now. I promise you, you'll be able to figure something out, and you'll be glad you did. I get very glad about that. 
too. I, you know, I love when I have that foresight to say, all right, I'm going to sit down and work on this in advance. Invite a friend. That's the last thing I want to say about this. Uh, don't just go by yourself. Invite a friend and, and invite a family member. Maybe, you know, parents, this is a great thing. If you're looking to do something with the kids, if it's not practical for everyone to go, maybe pick that kid and make this that special thing to say, hey, why don't you go with me? We're going to go do this devotion together and, and have that time individually evangelizing just one one kid in your family. It could be a very special thing. I have great fond memories of my grandma inviting me to stuff like that. And then afterwards, usually she'd have a treat, even if it was just as simple as a, a piece of candy that she kept in her purse. She'd have a treat, something to remember her by. Let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end, amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you for spending another morning with us here on Covenant Network with Roadmap to Heaven. For our podcast listeners, don't forget to click like and subscribe and share this with your friends. And well, you know, for our radio listeners, if you liked what you heard this morning or any morning this week, be sure to go visit ourcatholicradio.org or wherever you like to get podcasts. Find this episode and more to share with your friends. I've been enjoying Monsignor Witt's Exploring Church History quite a bit lately and uh, of course the saint of the day and the daily dose of encouragement are my favorites and my wife's been listening to Debbie Schlaprizi's Splendor View she's loving every moment of that so be sure to check out our podcasts and pray your rosary today